Okay, this is our first podcast, first uh, first discussion. I'm sitting down with Arnie. Hey, Ben. Bass player extraordinaire. <laughs> Greg's here. Katie's here as well. And we're talking about leadership. Uh, this was something that we started unpacking at our last team night uh, back a few weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. Um, and we just scratched the surface of this stuff. Yeah. So we thought, hey, let's let's come together. Let's let's dive in a little deeper. Let's do a little bonus episode of mm-hmm. carrying on this discussion about leadership, about how, how we live life, being a leader, what that looks like, lessons we've learned along the way. So let's jump into it. Great. Um, I loved this. You know, this was a this was a comment that I heard recently that being a leader is is a meaningful commitment to being out in front of those that you lead. You know, on a worship team, in in whatever team you're part of, you know, especially in, in music ministry in church, you know, there is a an expectation that that you're that you're seen, that you're visible, that you're up on the platform, that there's there's a visibility about your leadership. Um, what does that look like for you guys? What you know, if you come and you prepare and you and you come to do your part and lead worship um, on whatever instrument or position that that looks like, um, what does that look like to be part of being out in front of people that you lead? I take that literally, and when I'm not on band, I'd be as close to the front as I can. So that's one thing. Another thing, obviously, is is listening to new music, spending time with God and engaging in a fresh way as much as possible, keeping it fresh, always striving for um, something new, a new revelation to to lead people with, I think. Do you think it's something that we always, you know, there's there's an expectation that you do need to be pushing yourself further in your spiritual walk, in your in your worshipfulness in your experience in God um, to be able to take people to that place I mean you, you know Greg you've probably heard the, the saying that you can't take people somewhere that you've not been yourself what's that look like in your life yeah um, actually sometimes y- you can but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing or any good because sometimes you've just got to fake it till you make it as a leader sometimes you know sometimes I don't feel like a leader and I've got to push that aside and think, actually, I am a leader. But I think overall, if, if, if you aren't um, getting yourself right so you can lead right, then it's going to fall flat on the face. There's only a certain amount of time that you can lead without being in a place yourself, um, without everything falling apart, because then it's not authentic, it's not real. Um, you are giving without receiving, and you've got nothing to give. Um, so yeah, you, overall, you can't lead somewhere where you've not been. Um, but sometimes as a leader, you've got to think, well, you know, I've had a heck of a week. Um, things have just not worked out right, but I'm here now. I've got to lead. I've I've got to forget that. And it's, it's, it's his strength and our weakness. Sometimes, sometimes we're in a phenomenal place as a leader and you think, man, I've, uh, things are just going so on. Sometimes you think I've had the worst week ever nothing seems to have gone right but i've got a set list to get together i've argued with the wife on the way in or whatever it is you know and sometimes i think i'm i can't do this i just cannot do this and then and then it's 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 his strength not ours and it's his strength and our weakness but going back to the question i guess um yes you can i think lead where you've not been but only for a very 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 short time right um because you've got to sort yourself out as a leader. You can't wing it forever. Um, but sometimes it is game face on and let's go. Looking around the studio, I think all of us had the privilege to, 
to um, be involved in worship and leading from, from a young age. Mm. So, you know, now is is just talent alone. We can do this. You know, we can just be pure because we don't done it for such a long time. Experience and talent. You can go and you can lead worship. But when it comes to lead people in the presence of God and let them have a, experience something that when they leave, they live different. They live changed. They live with, with an influence that they never felt before. Um, that's where I kind of probably disagree. You can lead people where you haven't been if you are going somewhere. Because we, we, in level of worship is never-ending. We can keep going higher and higher. God is so big, we experience new heights and new heights in, 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 in worship. And, you know, one Sunday, you know, we all be worshiping. We all have the right heart, driving, we hunger for God. And we go, we go in some place that we've never been before because we're all in this, on the same page. And we lead in the church that there. And the journey-wise, I think if you prepare, you can take people where you haven't been before. It's almost that tension, isn't it, of having yeah. a destination or yeah. a journey and that the destination isn't the thing. And that's, yeah. that's the definition of having vision yeah. is that, you know, the Bible says that where there's no vision, people perish. Yeah. You know, if you're not if you're not seeing where you're going and being on that road yourself, mm. then you can't take people anywhere. I think you're right. But. Yeah. In a way, it's more about, because I thought about it, it's not like you need to know where you're going, but you need to know the guide. You need mm. to know God. Yeah. It's about knowing God, who he is, like actually is, being so in sync with him that where he leads you follow. You go, when you feel the quickening of the spirit in worship, that's when you go instantly. You speak out, you sing out, you play, whatever it is that he's, he's leading for that, that lift moment that we talk about in worship. Yeah, I think when, when you've, if, if you are turning up and you, 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 your head isn't totally in the game. I think we're all saying the same thing. And, and I think you've nailed it there. You could turn up and you could think, man, I'm just so not ready for this. But when you're leading, you, you're leading, you know, and whilst you're leading, your refocus changes because as we, you know, you've pointed, actually you, your focus shifts from what's going on to your head to what's going on in the room. And at that point, you can then start seeing what's happening in the room and start Thinking, okay, where we where are we going to go because of what's happening in the room, and as you say, you know, then you've got the 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 guide of the Holy Spirit, which is crucial, you know, as a leader. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter what what's going on, follow the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And we're in the privilege of of the position where it's it's a lot easier to see what the Holy Spirit is doing in the meeting. Yeah, I think there's a tendency in music ministry and in production and all that kind of stuff to to get overly caught up in the the function and the stuff and the process and the doing it and the the music and the technical that I think sometimes if your head is so full of yeah I've had a I've had a long week I've had a lot of stuff going on in my world and stuff like that that, that you put yourself in your own strength you put yourself to the task mm. of doing worship um, and often it can be that tension and, and and it's easy to lose lose focus if you like on on actually no we're here leading in the strength and the, and the anointing that god's given us mm. um and like katie said you know that that thing of knowing knowing the guide knowing the creator knowing, knowing yeah. that it, it, it all the source of it all has to come from that anchor that is our relationship with god rather than leaning on 
you know, sort of thing of leaning on your own understanding, leaning on your own base lick, you know, Absolutely. leaning on your yeah. own technique, leaning, leaning on your experience of what you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think just keeping that thing in check as a leader is always, is always a, you know, a tough but, but important balance to keep and that the focus is always right. Well, we've used the analogy here, haven't we, where um, it's like in a restaurant, you know, and you, you, as soon as you're in the kitchen, it's carnage. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you're shouting and things are just going crazy, crazy. As soon as you walk out that door where the guests are, you, you, then you're the waiter. And, and, then, and it's now it's all about them. And, and in leadership, it's all about the people you're trying to lead, especially in worship. We want people to encounter God. We want people to lead differently. Um, so no matter what's going on, you know, it's, as, soon as, you know, as soon as we start, we're now, we're not in the kitchen. We're in, we're in, the, we're in the restaurant Full area. Front, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arnie, in your leadership, what's it been like in terms of, um, you know, leaders that you've sat under um, and also being an example to those that you're intentional about raising up and, and intentional about your your experience and your the lessons that you've learned along the way, rubbing off on, on people that are around you, alongside you and underneath you? What does that look like? And what's that responsibility is for, for you as a leader? Um, you know, the, the upward thing about leaders that you serve mm-hmm. under and those that you're raising up? Um, let me use two, two examples because I've been under two different leaders grow, growing up that impacted my life. I mean, more leaders, but two, there's two leaders in my, in my music and um, um, leadership, um, worship leadership life that impacted my, my life as a worship leader. <clears throat> the first one, um, I was younger, this leader came from a professional background, touring, playing with fusion bands, and uh, his thing was perfection. And uh, I learned to play perfect, but it was all about perfection, perfection, perfection. If you make one mistake, one one bomb note, the whole, his demeanor would change, he would look at you funny, mm. and yeah. So it wasn't about worship, and, and bringing, so this was in a worship context. This, this it, it in the worship in, a, in the worship team. Okay. And under this leader, so it, that's how he, he he was running the worship team because of his, his background. Um, but a year or two years later, working with him, he, you know, I, I explained to him how I was raised by, by my, my, you know play, playing worship with my father, and he kind of understood. Okay, you know, it's 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 not about being perfect. So things change slowly. Now, from there, I, I learned, what I learned there is to, is to do my homework mm. and, and come, come prepared, be perfect, play, play perfect note. I learned all of that because of the pressure I had working under him. Right. So I took that positive um, from the situation and, and uh, carried it with me. Years later, uh, I was exercising the same thing. Now, the second leader I was working um, with was a young lady, very, very strict. Very, very strict. You have to come prepared. You have to come on time. It doesn't like when you're late. If you're five minutes, if you're on time, if you come arrive on time, that means you're 15 minutes late <laughs> to practice. So totally different way. But when you play, you have, you have the freedom to worship. You play, play the right things, but she's, she's looking for excellence. So that changed my life again. Because going from being perfect and being excellent so is two different things. So, for those two experiences, 
young leaders I mean, that, that I'm, I'm, I, I try to help to, you know, to grow up as worship leader, I will tell them, be perfect in, in practice and pre preparation. Be excellent in execution yeah. when you worship in front, you know, when, and you're leading, you know, leading others, show excellence. Don't, don't, don't show fluffiness, carelessness, show excellence. And those two will, will come, in my experience, they will come together perfectly. That's so good. Yeah. And that's one of the values that we have here in, in, exactly. in our church is, yeah. is to have a spirit of excellence yeah. about the place. Yeah. What, what does excellence look like for you? Um, excellence is, excellence is um, for me, as a musician, I will be prepared. But if, if I'm, if I'm worshiping, my focus is not what I practice. My focus is what we are as a team. Almost denying yourself, your perfection, and bringing forth what you can help others with. Anything, everything that you can support each others with, you just bring, bring, bring that forward. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's a posture of your heart, yeah. really, isn't it? It's, it's that whole thing of saying, you know, leadership is not the stuff that you do, it's who you are. Yeah. And if you're bringing that excellence, that comes from inside. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come through the stuff. It, yeah. it, it comes through an, an attitude and a posture that you bring when, yeah. you, when you show up. Yeah. When you show up with it. And it's, 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 I heard about excellence also in the secular industry. Um, one of my favorite bass players, um, gospel bass player is uh, Andrew Goucher, but he, 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 he was such a success in the gospel industry that the secular industry hired him to be MDs and stuff like that. So he made his name up by being the busiest bass player out there. Now he got, before Prince passed away, Prince asked him to come and play for him. And this is Andrew Goucher talking in an interview. He said, the only thing Prince asked him to do is to play one note for 15 minutes. So you had to sit there and, and Prince was doing his thing. Yeah. And he was frustrated because he's the busiest bass player, but he had to show excellence. Yeah. He was there to support Prince. That's it. So he had to deny all of his, 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 his amazing licks just to support this one artist there. I see the same thing with, 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 um, with worship. Deny all of that, all of the busyness or everything you can do to support just it's all about Jesus there. Then. Yeah. 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 And I guess in that, you know, you you could you could think, oh, I could throw this note in, I could take it here, I could do, I could yeah. I could shape it this way. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about style because some of this stuff comes down to style and about preference and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, when when we're when we're leading, I think in in church we're kind of I, I think every church, no, no matter what church you you come from or you've grown up in, every church has a culture. Every church has a style, has a has a, a certain um, a certain DNA to it uh, in terms of its its worship sound, its music style, whatever it might be. What's that look like for for you guys in your life, Greg? Tell us a little bit about your 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 journey, the churches you grew up in, how that kind of evolution of music for you has has evolved. What's it been like for you? Growing up in Anglican Church, it was all about you. You don't do anything to cause any form of distraction. Throwing a passing note, that's a distraction, you know, all stuff. And I remember um, being a typical teenage learning, teenage learning guitar. And I picked up a guy's ch uh, guitar at a youth event we were at, and I can't remember, I was, I think I was busting out some Metallica riff or something. And he said, put that down, rock and rolls of the devil. 
<laughs> okay then now i'm only i've been a christian for about a year right so to me i'm like okay he's he's right you know he, he knows what he's talking about and that completely shifted me from kind of playing um the kind of stuff i did play which which um was a lot more complex when i then joined the church to playing very very simple to the point of after about 15 years is i've, I've felt like i was a worse guitarist then than then back then in fact no less than that so that's a bit of an exaggeration um maybe maybe 10 but that that shaped uh who i was and i think from there i just got so involved in worship ministry and so i just jumped straight in with the music industry we're talking very english stuff such as uh, matt redman um noel richards that kind of uh, stuff I kind of moved with that and adapted what i was sounding like with that um and then we came here and then that kind of went out the window, <laughs> out the window totally. So that was quite a different, like, musical kind of landscape. Yeah, kind of. Um, and it was a lot of stuff which I was told wasn't good. When you're young, you kind of just believe anything and everything you're told. Um, but then as you grow up, you kind of start realizing that not everything you're told is true. And then, yeah, so we're doing some churches for some big songs um, from churches that I kind of was taught not to like um, to the point of where I had to go, no, actually they're okay and i had to learn the new style i had to learn um the church's style um and as big and as grand as it sounds it is kind of simple still so what's changed i think um being flexible with where you are as a musician shows um a skillship as a musician and not just a one-trick pony I don't know if that's completely off tangent to your question no it's but. great though I, th I think there is there is almost something about growing in your own ability to go okay yeah i'm going to be flexible i'm going to change the way i play or my preference or i'm actually going to serve a bigger vision than than what i want to do I, I remember when we started playing you know when the first young and free album came out and we started playing alive and those songs wake and and for me i'd never played guitar in that genre really i played a little bit of funk i played a little you know a lot of rock and and, and worship stuff and i'd never played that kind of more, more that dance feel um and i think for me it was a real case of going i'm just not clicking with this but these are the songs that we're doing this is what i've been asked to learn and applying myself to that and i think that there is a tipping point i think you know you, you can play something that you don't like for a while but i think you know when you when you actually choose to go no i'm going to submit myself to the vision of those leaders who are saying like these are the songs that we did i remember that time we were learning a live for conference and it was like okay we are learning this song because we have been given that as a as a directive by our leaders so so we're going to learn it and it took me a little while to click with it but the more i listened to it i actually i think i i guess i immersed myself in that genre of music more learn to play guitar more and it, it it reached a tipping point where it wasn't just i'm playing something that i don't like and i'm and i'm making myself play it and i'm i'm getting proficient in playing it but i'm still not enjoying it and actually i i reached a point where it was like no actually i'm really clicking with this now and i think that's only by doing it intentionally it's only by going no i am going to study i am going to i'm going to learn it but you get swept along on that on that thing and it becomes part of who you are as well and i think you know you, you can almost stay in that position of resistance to it mm. or you can choose to go no i'm gonna i'm gonna embrace that i'm yeah. gonna and i'm gonna do what it takes mm -hmm. to make that part of who i am 
yeah. because it's who, who we are collectively as a church. It's not yeah. about me anymore. It's about us. And it's God, about God, the I church. Think, yeah, I think God, God, um, God sees everything. He sees our heart and, and how we feel. I think um, changing style, music style, you know, it, it changing environment of churches and stuff like that, it, it makes us smarter musicians, smarter leaders. I started by saying uh, that God sees everything and God knows our heart. God, He made us. He knows our body. He knows what we feel and stuff like that. So God will still allow space for us to use what we like in the worship. He spent years developing us music, you know, music-wise over the years since you know, child training, training our ability. So, and I think in this environment, he, he would, there is space here and there. But he, in doing that, he made us smarter musicians, smarter leaders that we don't think about ourselves. We think about others and find space to maybe do something tasteful. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think the other thing is as well, you get used to that as well. And it's kind of what you pointed out earlier, which is right. You, what, what you what you immerse yourself in, you 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 like, um, or you get used to. We've all got our certain defaults, and yes, we're after something which isn't just your default or my default, but kind of those defaults together allows us to create some special moments on the platform. Yeah, and I think um, just taking it back to bigger picture of um, the musical evolution that we go through in our, our walks, our journey, um, and in Citygate as a church. Um, there's some of those key moments like when we started Alive or whatever, they marked huge shifts for the whole church in worship. Yeah. And so, like global church. Yeah, yeah, yep. And so moving out of what you like in your comfort rut, if I can say that, being selfless in that way is essential to shift a gear in worship, in knowing God, in um, connecting with him, in making sure new generations are connecting with him in the way that we've had um, the the joy of experiencing from when we were young. Um, I think those things are really important and, and critical so we can't ever get complacent and let ourselves be in that rut because – that may steal from a, you know the next thing that God wants to do, the next shift, the next awakening, the next young um, group of people who who need to. You're absolutely right. I remember connect. I was chatting to someone a while ago. I mean, we've done that. We've spent so long rehearsing a song, and the season it's lasted has only been three weeks. Mm. You know, it's like okay, well, you know, we've invested so much into that. We can either cry and whinge about it, but the fact you know, what, God, you're doing something new now. Let's move on with that. And I think. Um, Looking at the example, we use Hillsong Young and Free, phenomenal. When they exploded onto the scene, it's like that is incredible. And I think a lot of churches try to touch on their sound. But, you know, God's hands on certain churches for a reason. You look at how Elevation has exploded and the worship that they've brought. Um, And Hillsong are just phenomenal. Young and Free, the stuff they churned out is touching a generation that United couldn't. And United touched a generation that Hillsong couldn't. And something else is going to come up from these guys. And so it's about um, the music preference. It's kind of going back to a little bit earlier and exactly what you said to remind me of it. It's going to change in five years' time. And we're going to be, okay, well, how do we embrace that? And how do we not allow our preference to um, spoil what God is doing? And it boils down to um, maturity, pretty much. You know, we're, we're... we're here to serve, we're here for a vision, 
we're here as a team. We're not here to do our own thing. Um, and it's just about going back to the very thing that you said at the start. It's about following the guide, following the spirit, following yeah. God. Let's talk about some of the the things that individually we've we've grown or we've um, you know we've sharpened in our own leadership. Um, Katie, what have you learned uh, in your spiritual disciplines and keeping you in good health as a leader um, and keeping you out in front? Mm. The Bible is definitely something that I've kept as a discipline for a long time. Um, you know, growing up as a child a teenager definitely some things um my parents gave me like those little devotionals and then you know I, I think I was in my university years when I was like oh yeah I didn't think I've read the whole bible so then I embarked on doing the bible in a year did that five times or whatever and then you know now yeah. I keep on top of it in the sense of I listen to the daily audio bible podcast just somebody reading the bible and just really get some gems out of it and make sure I'm journaling that um, so there's that. Um, I'm a bit of a worship nerd, so like that's all I listen to. You won't find much on my Spotify list except for worship. I'm just always listening to that and as I'm walking and I'm like singing in my head, that's worship even even there. And I always I've always felt like a bad prayer, if I can say that. <laughs> um I'd much rather be singing than praying, you know. So if you put worship music in the background, I'll, I'll fall into that. But So you can't pray if a playlist is on? Uh, not quite, but yeah, <laughs> it depends. But I've just recently started not calling it prayer. I call it talking to God. Mm, right. I've got to talk to God yeah, great. because I think I've disregarded all that constant chatter that I have with him all day, every day as not being prayer because I'm, yeah, I want to tick the boxes or whatever. So I feel like... It's not a set quiet time. I've actually, yeah, had some absolutely incredible life, literally life transforming times with God walking to and from the train station. I can tell you the road that I was on when something smashed in my life in a huge wow. way that was essential. Um, yeah, I've had some big life transformations recently in that sort of a a way, which I think is really special. Mm. So good. At Team Night, we talked a little bit about seasons where you don't feel like a leader mm. and you don't feel like, you know, maybe it's because of stuff going on in your life. Maybe it's because of, uh, of weariness. Maybe it's because of times of disconnect. Um, you know, that there's seasons or moments when we don't feel like stepping into what God's got for us and leading in the way that he's called us. What, guys, what, what, what are some of the things that you fall back on um, in those seasons and in those moments where you go, ah, oh, this is a real struggle to lead right now, but I know I've got to, you know, pull myself higher. What do you do? So I, I'm like Katie, I'm, I'm, I'm a worship geek. I've got so much on my on my um, phone, but um, I've been using Audible a lot and I drive a lot with work, so I have something on. And, and I've been listening to the, for the last maybe month or so to Joel Osteen, The Power of I Am. And the whole book is about the words of I Am. So... You can either say, I am not able to do something. And then you're disregarding the power that God has put inside of you. Um, or, you know, I am more than capable. I am able to do so. And it's not about um, just trying to hype yourself up. But it's about reminding you of, of what God's put inside of you. Everything that is God is inside of us. Therefore, we are more than able. 
when I don't feel like it, I am a leader. You know, I am able to do so. And and it's it is it's so easy to kind of when things are going tough to kind of sit back and go, Oh, this is, you know, poor old me or or I don't like this or or for whatever reason. But sometimes you've got to stir yourself up. Sometimes it can just be, Oh, I'm really not good enough at this and you mentally you've fallen down. Get back up. You know, you are more than able, you have what it takes. Um, and, and the whole book just goes on a, just about, I am this, I am that. And, and it's all about pointing out you have everything you need to be a brilliant leader and you are a brilliant leader. You know, some skills might need honing in different people, but you are a brilliant leader and you are a leader because you've got, um, the same power that raised Christ is the power that's inside of us. We, we, we're more than enough. We're more than able because of what we have inside of us it's just it's like yeah i know that but now i now i know yeah, it yeah and it's one of the best things i've ever yeah. read slash heard that's brilliant um, yeah, yeah so. that's brilliant arnie like in in your life what what are some of maybe the red flags that you look for in your life when you're thinking okay you know i i'm i'm in church i'm leading i'm i'm doing well but maybe there's some stuff that starts to become a a distraction or a red flag in your life and you're going oh no actually i need to check that before it becomes an issue that's going to affect my leadership. What are some of the things that you look for? Um, when I first started playing and worshiping here at City Gate, I had loads and loads of um, requests to go and play because people knew, knew me playing here and there. And different environment, you know, we need a bass player, we need a bass player. Every Sunday, every Friday, I get a text, we need a bass player this Sunday, we need a bass player this Sunday for either this church or this concert, or th this event. And most of it, most of it, 90% of the requests for bass player and they paid good money was on Sunday. And it was so tentative. I'm like, okay, mm, well, I just, I just joined this worship team. I just joined this church. So for me, I saw that as a red flag, an instant distraction from, for what God is putting us in as a family mm -hmm. to focus. Because I could easily say, you know what? I can't play the Sunday. Oh, I can't play the Sunday. I can't play the Sunday because there's two or three hundred pounds waiting for me. You know, every time I go and play, and it's, it's good money. And but, you would tie that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that is one red flag that I noticed um, that I can share. That straight from joining this, this phenomenal team, and it, it was in the, at the time that it's like you know when when a car is is doing the burnout, the starting line, ready to start. I need to be part of this. Distraction will come, was coming, left, right, and center. Can you play, can you play, can you play? Sunday and Sunday and Sunday. But I, I had to ignore, ignore, decline, decline. And you know, thank God, I'm grateful that it allowed me to be part of this spearheaded, you know, culture. So yeah. Get, yeah. Guys, what about any red flags for you guys? I think it's, it's not so much now, but it was a while ago, and that was frustration. Um, I used to get really frustrated you know, myself and also other team members, um, not turning up, not having rehearsed, not knowing the part or turning up and just trying to listen on the night and listening to the wrong song. And, and it used to, <laughs> and, uh, there's grace here, right? there's grace here, there's grace here. Guilty. Um, but it used to frustrate me. It's like, man, it's not, our songs aren't difficult. Um, but frustration, um, derailed me a lot and, and it, and it ruined, uh, my leadership a lot. And it took me, um, years to figure that out a long time to, to kind of come back and say 
right, okay, just go over it, Greg. You know, sometimes the frustration's more about how you perceive something. Um, same as offense. It's not necessarily something they've done. It's how you've perceived it sometimes because you don't know the backstory as to why they haven't. You know, you just know, I've asked you to do something and you haven't. And it's like, well, they haven't done it. Be gracious enough because you don't know what's going on. Mm. Um, and it's the same with with, with, with with offense. A lot of time it's um, how you've decided to interpret the situation. Offense is taken by you. It's not given by the other person. And um, yeah, frustration for me was a big, so, so now and again, I catch myself and because and, I'm, I'm not going down that rabbit hole again. Yeah, I think... It's going to be different for everybody um, and possibly, I imagine, different for different seasons of your life. Um, for me at the moment, what it's been has been too many yeses, too busy uh, and… And probably saying yes to good things as well. Yeah, yes to good things. Um but then also it's worthwhile checking what those motives are and why you're saying yes. Do you feel like you have to prove something, be something to everybody, impressing people at the expense of spending time with God or listening to that guide of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I think it's busyness, the yes. Yeah, I've got to keep in check. Yeah, that's quite, it's quite important. I just heard a few weeks back distraction the enemy the best distraction that the enemy use for for you know focus people is good things yes mm. you get it distract you with good things positive things that you know you you exactly you you you'd say yes all the time say yes to this and you say yes to good things but is it what's taking you to the vision you know and I, I, that changed my life yeah when uh, jesus with his disciples sitting in the house Martha was so busy and, you know, like a busybody doing, and she was doing good things, but what she was doing, was it helpful to what Jesus was there for? Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't, but she was doing good things with that. So I, I, that changed my life when I understood that, you know, distraction, the good distraction, the good things that mm -hmm. distract you, but it, it becomes, it, be, it becomes a distraction because it takes you away from the vision. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think I think that's great and I love what you said about is it moving you towards a vision I think that's a yeah. great place to sort of wrap this conversation up you know the whole thing about leadership and us being leaders in everything that we do is that we have a vision and that we're moving in a direction and mm. that's that's leadership you know that's going somewhere yeah. on purpose uh, and bringing people with you and whether that's you know leading on your instrument leading in the songs that we sing leading a congregation leading the team that's around us serving alongside us yeah. leading the person that we're training up to to hopefully take our place and be yeah. and, and exceed what we can even do you know whether that's leading people through the the, the technical side of things and that, that spirit of excellence that we talked about as well i think all of those things are recognizing that that we have been positioned by god mm. to do something that he's he's entrusted into our hands to steward that well uh, and to be great leaders with that and i think moving towards that vision is always is always a great check it's always a great plumb line so you know does this does this line up does this line up am i serving the right thing or am i serving myself am i serving my ambitions am i serving my 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 preferences or am i going no i, I want to do this for christ i want to do this to reach people for his glory and i think that's 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 always the best plumb line to have um, in all of that stuff. I've loved talking about leadership today. Thank you guys for spending the time. You know, I've 
you know, a few statements that we had along the way. You know, leadership is not a position that we have, but it's the way that we behave. It's who we are. Yeah. Um, and I think in all of these things, you know, you know, there was an amazing question, you know, am I leading a life worthy of being followed? You know, do people see my life and see the things that I do, see, see the way that I lead my life, not just my ministry, you know, not, not just my role or my place on team, but my life and want to kind of tap into that and unlock that and go, you know, oh, I've noticed this about your, your life and your leadership. And, you know, would you show me? And I think for all of us to be living those lives that, that, that inspire people, that encourage people, that build other people up almost by rubbing off on, on, on people, them seeing us. You know, the, the whole thing about imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's like, do, do people look at us and go, you know, that's a leader that I want to follow. Um, but also for us, you know, who are we looking to? You know, who's, who's, who's around us? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? You know, who are, who are that step ahead than um, where we've been and our, our experience? And ultimately, you know, are we following Christ? Are we, uh, are we following that? I love that you said, you know, that he's a guide. Um, and I love that. I think that that's always that's always such a great reminder that why we do what we do, and that our strength is in Him. It's not in what we do. So I've loved talking about leadership today. Thank you guys. Um, there we go. That's the end of the conversation. Let's play the outro music. Huh?